Welcome back to the Hour View podcast. On this episode, I welcome my guest, Benny Chester. Benny is non-binary, and on this episode of the podcast, they share their experience of the importance of being our authentic selves. Benny and I also discuss their work as a licensed clinical social worker, working with clients in the LGBTQ plus community. So I would like to welcome everyone back to another episode of the Hour View podcast, where we aim to educate, raise awareness, and change the tone of conversation about disabilities. Today, I am happy to welcome my guest, Benny, to the show. So thank you so much for joining me today, and I'm excited to share your story with everyone. Yeah, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Truly. Yeah. <laughs> so um, to start off, can you share with us who you are? Who is Benny? <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, so I'm Benny Chester. Let's see. I I mean, how much do you want to know? Um, I'm you a parent. Sh- yes, you share as much as you feel comfortable with. And that's, okay. Yes. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, we can, you know, we can go back to the beginning. So I was actually born in Russia. Um, and I lived in an orphanage for four years of my life. So for the first four years. I was adopted at four and a half. Um, at the time, my parents lived in Virginia. So I moved there with them. And then um, when I was eight, we moved to Colorado. So I pretty much say I'm from Colorado. Um, I, let's see, I work as a, I'm a licensed clinical social worker. I'm a, I work for the University of Colorado School of Medicine in their psychiatry department. So I help kind of run one clinic and I'm a therapist and a couple others. Um, And yeah, I have a disability. So I was born missing my left arm. And I also recently came out as non-binary. Let's see, I came out just over two years ago and then I started medically transitioning like exactly two years ago. I also have a kid, she's four. Um, so there was a lot, and I don't know how much time we have, but there was a lot about my identity, my gender identity in regards to being a parent. That was something that really, and now it feels, I don't know, so ridiculous. But at the time, she, there was this, I really had this really irrational fear of being myself. And I don't know what it was. I think there was this big irrational fear of if I come out as a different gender in whatever way that ended up being, it was, it was like gonna, it was, it was gonna harm her. It was gonna be a disservice to her. It was going, I was gonna be taking away her quote unquote mom. And it really, I mean, it, I didn't sleep for like a year. Um, over this and I toiled over it. Was I going to therapy at the time? No. Why I wasn't, I don't know. But anyway, so so I finally come out, came out. That was great. Um, in high school, I came out as gay. Um, so I feel like, you know, I'm one of those who kind of had two coming out stories, events in their life. Um, I was married for a while, um, I'm kind of in the process of getting separated. So, you know, there's that piece to me. Um, 
I don't know. I'm kind of a perfect human heart. I don't know, like, if you want to, like, keep that. <laughs> like, I am, like, tip top. So, you know. Yes, you are. <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally kidding. I have many, many flaws. For all the 5,000 people listening, many flaws. <laughs> and, you, and, you live in, and you live in Colorado, so. <laughs> I do. I live in Colorado. I live in Denver. Doesn't get so. much better than that. I've never been. So it I definitely, doesn't. I definitely have to come visit, so. <laughs> oh my gosh, you have to come and please yeah. tell me when you do and we yes. will go out to do it. I would yes. love that. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and yes. and you know, I I love that you shared the the part about your daughter because um I, you were being a parent, you were looking out for your daughter, you were looking to protect your daughter. That's, you know, that was the that was the main thing and that is uh, you know, that's what parents do. <laughs> I had a conversation with someone yeah. else and they said uh you know, what do they call themselves a helicopter mom and I was like no you're just you're just a mom I said because you know my mom does the same thing and I'm 40 years old and <laughs> you know it, it's yeah. it just it's a parent thing it's a caregiver thing it's it's in you know I think the piece of that is in all of us or most of us and uh you know we want to make sure that we protect those we we care about the most so that's uh yeah you know I think that's that's really really important I'm glad that you uh, shared that part of, yeah. uh, of your story. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think, you know, to your point about protecting her, yes. But I also think, and I, I think there's a balance between protecting your kids, right? And, and, and living your life to be there for them and care for them and make sure that they have the best life that they can. But I think what I realized either I don't know if I realized it before I came out or during it and even more so that I think, I actually think that I would have done a disservice to her. I had not been willing to be who I really needed to be because isn't that it, right? Like, isn't it about showing and being a role model for the people in your life that, yes, it's important to protect them and be there for them, and the best way to also do that is to be your authentic self. Absolutely. And then those realities are valid and they're very, very important. So I think, because I will say like <clears throat> me being my authentic self, I think it helps her and not to be like this self-centered, like, Ooh, I'm so great. But like, kind of like I, you know, I mean, really now she's aware of pronouns, right? Like she, she has, she has the she has the opportunity every single day to know that her mom because she still calls me mom uses gender neutral pronouns and she's four and she will correct people who use the wrong pronouns right like and and how cool is that right by like just being yourself you're automatically changing and educating the people around you and so so yes, it is vastly important to protect. And I will, I will never though want to shy away from people being themselves in whatever way that means. Absolutely. That is so, so true. And even as it's, it's completely different, but having a disability and um, I was sharing with you the story about my nephew <clears throat> yeah. and you know, my nephew, they, and my niece, they see me all the time. Uh, you know, much, they saw me more often when, when they were younger, but they, they know what my disability is. 
They know what I can do, what I can't do, what I need help with. And and not being afraid to show them that like, okay, yeah, I would love to do that, but I really can't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, again, that, that shows like, you know, that's, that's just me being real, but love to get on that ride with you or love to do that crazy thing you want to do. But like, yeah, really, really <laughs> yeah. don't think I can, um, <clears throat> you know, so it's really, uh, again, being your authentic self is uh, so true, so key uh, and important. Yeah, so um, you talked about it a little bit um, about your disability. Uh, can you share with us um, a little bit more about your disability diagnosis and how um, how it impacts your life and what challenges you have uh, faced uh, throughout your life because of your disability? Mm. I mean, I don't, I don't like. I guess I don't know the medical terminology, so I apologize. Mm -hmm. but yeah, I mean, I I'm missing my left arm. Um, I'm also missing, so I only have three fingers on my right hand. Um, uh, you know, how has it impacted my life? I mean, obviously in so many ways. When you were talking about the story about picking up your nephew, I, you know what that made me think of is that, and I don't know if you experienced that, but I think as kids, at least, and I'll only speak for myself, but I know, like growing up, I didn't know that there was quote unquote anything wrong with me, right? Like, like I just was me, right? And I didn't know. And like, you know, and it's funny because in the orphanage, they actually made me wear a prosthetic arm. And I mean, granted, I don't remember what my little four-year-old self was thinking, but I do remember this, like, I never knew anything was wrong about me, right? And yet, and then I remember kind of this switch and I don't remember if anything happened, but noticing, oh my gosh, I am different. And you know, I think that I could have gone my whole life without really noticing anything was different, but you're forced to because the people around you suck and- <laughs> they will force you to realize you are different and it is so fun so thank you everybody yes. but i mean but i think it but it, but i think what i'm trying to say is like i don't think my life is any different right like sure i can't tie my shoes right sure i can't i don't know like i can't be a firefighter and <laughs> a huge ladder up a building like that will never happen but for the most part I can do everything right I can mm -hmm. drive about my clothes and I have a job and I can care for my kid and it's it's really I don't know I guess I've just been thinking a lot about that and that people aren't really doing anything wrong I guess but it's not I don't know like I don't feel like life is that different until someone has to point out, you know, like I will say like at Walgreens one day, someone was like, wow, your, your life must really suck. And I was like, wow, wow. Thank you. But like, but you see what I'm saying? Like, I would have never thought my life sucked. And then I had to do a little introspective. Like, oh my God, does my life suck? <laughs> like, oh my God. <laughs> so I don't know. I think it's, it's, a, it's a really interesting question. Mark. I feel like in one way, it impacts my life 0%. And in another, it impacts it so incredibly vastly. Mm -hmm. 
I agree. It's um, it, it's so funny. I I love the uh, analogy you used about you know being a firefighter and and carrying a ladder. Yeah, I use crutches in a wheelchair. I'm like, so I can't play football. Then I look at football games and I'm like, who the hell wants to get knocked around like that for a living? I'm like, right. <laughs> I'm right. good. I I'm mean, okay. Right. I mean, do I want to be a firefighter? Absolutely. But that's neither here nor there. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's, but it's so true because you, like you said, until the people around you, um, and, and that's most of the time it's people outside of your inner circle, the people in right. the, exactly. in the world who, right. uh, you know, like you just said with the, the, uh, Walgreens situation, oh, your life must suck. Like, does it like, no, I don't, I didn't think it did. <laughs> right. And I, right. you know, I have to do things differently. Yes. Because of mm -hmm. my limited mobility, I have to do things differently. So I can't stand over a stove and cook. I have to sit in a chair and cook. You know, I have to do it differently, but I still cook. I have to use hand controls when I drive, but I still drive. You know, so it's it's the thing of, um, again, doing things differently and not, um, it, it's not that I, there's some things I can't do. Yes, I know my limitations. I'm realistic about them. Um, but then also the things that I can do, I'm, I'm able to do them. It looks a little different for, for some people because it, it's different than the way uh, people without, disability might do things but it's how i do it so and then also i um i don't have anything else to compare it to i was born with my disability as well so this is how i this is how i do things it's how i always done things and um have a really great uh she's a family friend but you know we call them aunts and uncles and and so she came over to my apartment one time after i had moved in and without my braces on, I can't walk at all. So I have to crawl. I moved to my apartment five years ago. So I was 36 almost, and I'm crawling for 36 years. No problem. Well, she just got so upset about it. <laughs> and she goes, I have to get you a wheelchair for your house. I said, no, you don't. <laughs> like you, you don't. And she said, but I said, this is just how I do it. She said, but you can have a wheelchair and just move around and I'll have it to you by the weekend. I was like, okay, like that, like it would be helpful. Yes. But I'm like, it's not necessary for me. And her, her grandson, who I'm very close to, he said, will you leave him alone? He's a grown man. He knows what he's doing. <laughs> right, right, <laughs> she right, said, no, right. she said, no, that's not, no, he should have a wheelchair in his house. He has one for his car and for when he goes out, but he needs one for his house. And, you know, and I have one and I, I do use it. Um, you know, but I, it's just something I never thought of because it's, it's, I've always crawled. So I never, <laughs> never thought about it. So it's, yeah. it's, um, you know, it's really great that, uh, you know, you have people, you have people on, uh, on the wall, the Walgreens side of your story <laughs> who say your life sucks and that, you know, that type of thing. And then you have people like my aunt, I just described that are like, okay, how can I make things better for you and easier for you? Because like this, you know, this is not cool. So it's, yeah. uh, you know it's great to have that that balance i guess you could say <laughs> yeah uh-huh yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah and i you know i will say i i think i credit a lot of how i kind of take up space in the world show up do like i i think i i, I need to give credit i think to my parents because they very much were with the mindset of you're going to do everything and we're not going to step in 
until it is very apparent that you can do crocheting in fifth grade, right? But like, and it wasn't like, oh yeah, Benny, you don't have to crochet, you poor little crippled soul. It was, oh no, you're gonna crochet. We're just gonna figure out how you crochet. Right. And I, you know, I remember I was watching as I do, the, I was either The Bachelor or The Bachelorette. And I don't know if you remember, this would, gosh, I think it was in college. So it would have been, uh, I don't know, maybe 12 years ago. There was a episode, there was a season where I think it was The Bachelor, where one of the women had was missing part of her arm. Do you remember this? No. Do you ever watch The Bachelor? So, okay. It was fascinating. So she, and, and she was missing her arm. I think it was one of her arms like from the elbow down, right? And I don't know if they played it up in the show or not, but she acted like she couldn't do anything. She was rollerblading, right? It doesn't take two arms to rollerblade, right? <laughs> she was like falling over and saying how horrible her balance is. And it, what it made me realize is, one, if that was not true, then not great to the show for doing that. But what it made me really take note of is, again, I, I'm so grateful that I grew up in an environment where I had to figure it out. And there was help if I needed it, but it, there was no baby. You know, it was no like, oh, poor you. Oh, yeah, you don't have to go to swim class. No, it was like, no, 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 you're going to swim. And I, and I guess I just, I feel so grateful because I don't, I don't go walking around thinking, Ooh, I don't think I can do that. Ooh, I don't think I can do that. Ooh, gosh. Yep. Can't do that. It's more like, no, I can do every single thing. And when I can't, I figure it out. Or I ask somebody and I just am really grateful that I have grown up with that mentality. And I think it has vastly impacted my ability to, I don't know, get as far as I have and have the people around me. I definitely agree. And it's, it really makes you realize that not everybody has had that same experience. Um, Yeah, I I would tell people all the time, it's, um, you know, people that say things about me and, and, you know, when, when they would say things about me when I was younger, it's like, that doesn't bother me. I have a sister, I have an older sister and cousins. Like we, you know, they, my sister would, my sister would fuss and fight with me, like, you know, because there is nothing wrong with me in her eyes. So she, right. she there yeah, is so, actually nothing wrong with you in right. anyone's eyes, but continue. Yeah. So she, you know, so she would just, you know, fight with me and, and, you know, just treat me like, and we would argue like, like siblings do. And it's just, you know, it, it's, it's really great that you can share that, you know, your parents, gave you that experience and my parents gave me the same experience as i said i um have spina bifida my leg muscles don't work we had a nine foot deep pool in my backyard my dad said he's going to learn how to swim you know terrified my mom but he was like and I, and he didn't know how he was going to do it either but <laughs> yeah right <laughs> yeah <laughs> and that was the thing they didn't send me to a to a swim school no they had me in the backyard and he taught me how to swim use your arms and you know, keep yourself up and go underwater and come back up and tread water. So it's, yeah. um, you know, those types of experiences, as you said, have, I, I also say that they have uh, made me, uh, gotten me to this level of, of where I am today in life. And it's, uh, 
something that it's, you know, really, I'm really grateful for because I know a lot of people uh, don't have that same experience. So it's uh, something, definitely something to be grateful for. And that now as an adult, <clears throat> you know, I still have, uh, still have those friends that, that do the same, <laughs> you know, that push me and, and it's like, okay, yeah, like, like you can do this, you got this, like, let's figure it out together. And uh, I live on my own. And, um, you know, in the last two years with this pandemic, I've had friends that are just like, hey, so you don't have to go out to the store. I'm going to the store for my family. Can I pick you up anything? You know, we're getting a delivery from uh, Sam's or BJ's or something. And, you know, do you need anything? We'll drop it off to you. And, uh, you know, just those little types of things where, um, you know, where they, they know I'm capable of doing things, but to help me out, it's like, hey, you don't need to go out. We're going out. So <laughs> let's yeah, help you yeah. out. <laughs> Yeah. And I think, and, and, and exactly what you said, right. They know that you're capable of it and it's mm -hmm. not, that, oh gosh, I don't think you can go to the grocery store. And, and that is, and cause I think, you know, of course you too, there's all these people who are like, oh my God, you can't do anything. Right. And it's so exhausting. And so, right. Like, sure. It's super helpful when someone does, when someone zips my coat, right but I can do it if I have to. And, right. and someone, and, and you can tell the difference when someone's like, oh, hey, like, do you want me to zip your coat real quick? And then it's like, oh, poor you. Like, have you ever, do you even know how a zipper works? Like, let me do that. Right. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> yes, I, I am enjoying this conversation so much. <laughs> I can identify with so much of, so many of the things you're saying, I identify with uh -huh. them so much. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you have it, but like, I swear to God, almost every time I'm in the airport, you know, when you're going through security and you have to like put your stuff on um, the conveyor belt and you like put uh -huh. it in the, I swear to God, every time I reach for a trip, it's like, oh my God, let me do that for you. Right. Why? Like, do you see? Like, I literally just have to lift it up like two inches. Right. Like I got all the way to this point in my life. You really think I need help with that? Like, oh God. It right. Me crazy. Like, yeah. It's like, you don't, it's one of those things where it's like, you don't know how to be me better than I know how to be me. Like I can. Right. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's like this and, and, and then I'll stop. And it's this, it feels sometimes with some able-bodied individuals in the world, we will not stereotype here because it's lovely ones, but <laughs> this automatic oh my god you have a physical disability one i'm gonna have no boundaries with you and you probably don't either so i'm gonna just be incredibly incredibly rude and anything and right this like this instant need to like fix everything and do everything and it's just it is just baffles me mm -hmm. so <laughs> yes yeah. i i agree <laughs> Me too. <laughs> so, um, so I, for the last uh, year or so, I have had a, um, a series I started here on the podcast called Mental Health Mondays, where we um, discuss um, mental health topics. Because according to the Americans with Disabilities Act, mental health diagnoses are considered disabilities. And um, I wanted to make sure that I did my part in addressing um, mental health topics on uh, the mm. podcast as well. So in your introduction, you did uh, share that you are a LCSW 
And um, can you share with uh, our listeners um, what that what that is, what type of educational background you have, and um, who are your primary clients that you uh, work with? Absolutely. Um, so I, so right, I'm an LCSW, so I'm a licensed clinical social worker. Um, I got my bachelor's degree from University of Illinois in Urbana-Champaign. Then you, once you do that, with social work, and I mean a lot, you could get a, what is it, a BSW, so a bachelor's of social work. I did not do that. I just did a bachelor's of public health. Um, so then I went on to the University of Southern California and got my master's in social work. So at that point, you would be an MSW. Um, and then once you have an MSW, if you so choose, you can become a licensed clinical social worker, meaning you're licensed, you have done you know, the exam and the certain amount of clinical hours that you need for whatever state you're living in. Um, so yeah, I, okay. So yeah, so my, the work that I do clinically, uh, right now I work with kind of three different populations. So I work with, um, like professors and physicians and staff, um, at CU. And then I work with students and residents and then kind of my like specific focus, um, in my clinical work is working with individuals who, are LGBTQ plus, but really specifically within that um, spectrum, individuals who are within the transgender spectrum. Um, so really working with individuals. Um, primarily, I really try to get referrals who are helping individuals really kind of figure out like when they're really early into their journey, right? So really like, oh my gosh, like very much questioning or, um, Right, like questioning sexuality, questioning their gender and or both. Um, and then, you know, like, gosh, how if I say identify as a trans man, trans masculine, how do I come out? And though that's really like my primary focus. Um, so yeah, I really, I really love it. Yeah. I um I was I was so excited when you um when you reached out and asked about, um, we were talking about being on the podcast and you uh, were sharing that information uh, with me because it's a um, topic that I had not explored on the podcast before. Uh, so I wanted to make sure that, um, you know, that we did address it and talk about it um, because, um, well, well, first, can you share with us what transgender means and, and what that, um, what that spectrum spectrum consists of? Yeah, that's a that's a really good question. So, um, okay, so so transgender that word is really it's like an umbrella term. Okay, so think about it as I mean, people say like, oh, I'm trans or oh, I'm transgender, um, but really, it's the actual word is meant as an umbrella term. So it's anyone who their assigned sex at birth does not align with the gender that they feel, right? So this could be someone who's non-binary. So, you know, someone who like for myself, I will only speak for myself, but like I identify as non-binary, meaning I don't feel, I don't identify as a man and I don't identify as a female. I really feel, I mean, I do, I do actually identify with both in different ways, but I really 
kind of feel like I'm in the middle. I like to describe it like I feel kind of emotionally more like a like a woman, but physically I'm very attracted to looking more masculine. That's kind of the easiest way. Obviously, it's very lower than couples. Um, so right. So okay. So right. So you have transgender, and then it's like anything within that. So queer, trans, transmasculine, trans feminine non-binary, um, it's just, it's anyone who exactly that, their, their sex at birth doesn't align with how they feel. Yeah, I, um, as I started to say, I was um, happy to have you on to discuss this, um, this topic because there are uh, people within the, um, who identify as having a physical disability who also experience, uh, you know, the, the trans, uh, have the trans experience. And it's, you know, it's, it's something that's not really discussed. Um, you know, you might see somebody on social media, on an Instagram page or, you know, somewhere uh, on Facebook or something like that. Um, so I, I really wanted to uh, have this conversation and really get to uh, what the, what the uh, definition was and the meaning of the word. And like you said, it's an umbrella term, which, uh, you know, I don't know if a lot of people are aware of that. Uh, you know, so it, it's really, uh, it's really important that we're having this conversation. So thank you for um, sharing that and sharing also your, uh, your story as well. Yeah, you know, and I think um, you're right. Like, at least you don't hear of a lot of individuals who say, have a disability and say, identify as, you know, within the trans spectrum. I think, you know, it's, uh, I remember when early on when I was like, oh gosh, what gender am I? Um, I remember thinking like, oh my God, am I really going to add like one more thing to who I am? right? Because it's like, it's enough having a disability. So why on earth am I going to just tack on another one? And then I was like, you know what? No, add it to my tab. Like I already got this going on. I might as well add another one. But it really, you know, it really, it is, you know, it, it adds on, you know, and it's, uh, it's, it's a lot, it's a lot to show up in the world with a disability. And then it's a lot to then add on gender. Cause you know, like it's a lot for other people to kind of comprehend about you. Um, so, yeah. And to add another level of that um, understanding of you and it's, uh, yeah. yeah. So I, I definitely uh, hear, hear you on that. It's really, um, you know, it, it can be uh, very complicated or, you know, but. I'm glad that you chose to to do that for yourself. Like you said, being your authentic self is always the uh, the goal and the most important thing. Yeah, yeah. totally, I agree. So, um, in your in your work, um, in your work with the transgender community, uh, have you found uh, that they are more at risk for developing mental health diagnoses? And if so, um, what risk factors um, make that so make them more susceptible to developing a mental health diagnosis. Mm -hmm. Ooh, hitting the heart of the jugular. Um, 
big answer is yes, absolutely. Um, I mean, you know, there's a lot of studies and surveys that are done. Um, you know, I think it really, a lot of it, and I know like this is so cliche, but it comes down to acceptance, right? Like there are so the, the major, like the, the percentage of homeless youth who, or the percentage of youth who are homeless, the percentage of those individuals is, is skyrocketing that they are like queer in some way. And so it really comes down to a lot of mental health concerns within this population are, are correlated with not being accepted, whether that's being disowned by family or friends or losing jobs or losing relationships. There's so much continued stigma around individuals who are within the trans spectrum, LGBTQ plus in general. Um, and so, you know, there was a, there was a study done recently of youth and um, it was, so the youth who had done the study, um, so it was, it was about pronouns and it was done by the Trevor Project and it had, it asked something like, um, well, it found that youth who experience for the most part in their lives, people using their correct pronouns, right? Something as small as using correct pronouns as, I mean, pronouns are blown up in society as these huge things, but for the most part, like it's not that big of a deal. Um, but so youth who had been able and continue to experience people respecting their pronouns were half as likely to commit suicide than their, their counterparts who their pronouns were disrespected. And again, that highlights that it comes back to acceptance. Like individuals who do not experience being delighted in and being accepted for something that is inherently, they cannot change, their mental health issues skyrocket. I mean, how could they not, right? And I think, and so, right. So you see a vast majority of individuals committing suicide. You see depression and anxiety. And I mean, the list just goes on and on because so many individuals experience so much hate from family, from friends, from society as a whole. Um, and it can, it just, it can rip you apart. Um, I don't know if that answered your question. I'm sorry I went on a tangent, but. No, it definitely answered my question for sure. Okay. okay was... <laughs> <laughs> so this uh, last question, it's kind of, um, I, I guess I can break it down into two last questions. <laughs> uh, the first part of the question is uh, for those who may be listening, who may want to learn more about the transgender community, the LGBTQ community. Um, are there any resources that you can provide, um, any books or, or anything that, that you can um, share with them? And then in addition to that, uh, can you provide any resources for those that are within the LGBTQ plus or trans community uh, who may be interested in seeking um, some mental health uh, assistance. Oh, gosh. Um, yeah, I think I should have become prepared for that. Um, I'm looking at my bookshelf of books. 
I mean, there are some good books. Um, so for individuals who, you know, say identify as cis or in whatever way and they want to find out more information. Um, yeah, like there's, um, I mean, there's like non-binary lives. I mean, there's a ton of different books. I would just like go on Amazon, honestly. I mean, it's basic and just like look up, you know, books on gender and come up with them. There's also for anyone who's listening, who's a parent who wants to educate maybe their kids on this population. There's also really good books for kids. Um, there's one called, um, I think it's, it's um, it feels good to be me or it's either it feels good to be you or it feels good to be me. It's a great book. Um, so a lot of good books, I would say for both, um, individuals who are within the community and also individuals who are outside in some way, allies wanting to learn more. Um, you know, you can always go to the Trevor Project um, online. You can go to the ACLU, um, Human Rights Campaign. Those are great places to start out because, you know, I would um, be wary of just good old Google searches. It's fine, but you will find things that you know, maybe very biased. Um, also, you know, if individuals have social media, there are great accounts on say even Instagram of individuals in the community, um, you know, really dedicating their profiles to education. Um, so, and then it, it's a little bit hard, your question about like, if someone identifies as trans in some way and they want resources just because I wouldn't know where they live. Um, so, I mean, I think you could probably go to like the Trevor Project and put in your address and see, but really, um, you know, looking at like mental health, LGBTQ plus resources, Googling that in whatever um, place that they live. I mean, there's tons in Denver and really you can just do a Google search of that. Um, I feel like I'm not answering your question very well, so I apologize. Um, there's only, there's like so much and so little all at once. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's um so, but yeah, really I would I would focus on online like the Trevor Project, ACLU, human rights campaign just to start with and then you can branch off from there. Great. I think that is um a, a great place to start for sure uh for you know, everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Yours. yeah. Yes. Benny, thank you so much. I really enjoyed this conversation. Thank you so, so much for having me. It was wonderful. Yes, yeah. this is so much fun. I, um, I'm excited to stay in touch with, with you and to uh, yeah. visit. <laughs> yes, come visit. I'll take yes. you to a good restaurant. Yes, yes. to visit Denver. And, and uh, <laughs> I've never yes. I've never been there. So it's uh, mm. I'm, I'm looking wonderful. for new places to visit when I can uh, get outside again <laughs> so i love it i love it yeah. also we're both wearing blue polos so i just wanted to point that out we are yes we are i noticed are. that too and, yeah and like i'm just saying we're very connected so yes awesome. yes yes absolutely <laughs> i did i noticed that i was like oh wow look at that <laughs> i know i know it's blue polo monday y'all yes it's blue polo so. monday that's it <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, I was like, what shirt would I wear today? And I'm like, I don't want to wear anything long sleeves. So I was like, I'll, I'll oh, wear yeah, the yeah, blue yeah. polo. <laughs> love, it. love it. Love it so much. Yes. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. And, um, you know, I, it, it's 
just been a great conversation. And again, like I said, I'm looking forward to staying in touch and, um, you know, hopefully working and collaborating again in the future. So it's uh, absolutely love that. Yeah, yeah, this has been great. So thank you so much. <laughs> of course. Thank you so much. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. I want to make sure that this podcast is as interactive as possible. So if you have any questions or any topics you would like for me to address in an upcoming episode, be sure to follow me on Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube at Our View for Life. That's O-U-R-V-I-E-W, the number four, L-I-F-E. You can also email me, ourviewforlife at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.